All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. Before we get started, we'd like to let you know that the Uncommon Gem podcast is an adult content show, meaning we may go into explicit detail or say some explicit words when talking about today's subjects. We also like to inform you that we're not paid or sponsored by any of the donations or charities in the episode. We simply just are giving it a shout out and hopefully spreading the word on some good causes. Thanks again for tuning in and let's get on with the show. Hey, hey, what is up, everybody? We are back again with another episode of the Uncommon Gem Podcast. My name is Kevin Estevez. I'm the host. Thank you for tuning in. And if it's your first time, definitely thank you for checking us out. We really appreciate that. We are now on episode eight. Good stuff, and I'm hyped for it. I want to thank Marcus for hopping on the last pod. I think uh, I, I should address that. We've, we've definitely been on a movie kick, which I really appreciate because I do love movies. But that's, that's what the beauty of the Uncommon Gem Podcast is, is that if people want to talk about serious topics such as therapy such as you know youth volunteering and youth community then we can definitely do that but we can also talk about movies we can talk about the entertainments and medias that people like is the things that they're passionate about that that's what we want to bring onto the show i'm very honored and very happy to have today's guest on today's show a very funny person as well and a truly just an outgoing spirit when you look at her instagram you're just gonna see very fun things ongoing at all times which i really enjoy she is a comedian, she is an improviser, she is an actor. You can currently check her out on her podcast, Wild Nights with Rocky. Definitely check it out, some very fun stories going on there. But please, welcome to the show, folks, Rocky Powell. Thank you, Kevin. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. Thank you so much for hopping on. How of you been? Of course. I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. The weather is getting much nicer. I'm a spring baby, so my birthday's at the end of April, so I always like the beginning of spring. And I um, I actually think, I mean, not to come on and start talking about the weather, but I actually <laughs> think like the cold days are behind us, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm also enjoying the weather. Rocky, we definitely got to talk about you a bit, so let's let's give us some backstory. You're also a Connecticut person, so you were born in Connecticut. Yeah, I was born in Connecticut. Uh, that's where I, I grew up in New Haven County. West Haven is the name of my hometown. And uh, from there, I went to college on Long Island. And so I wasn't super far away from home, but I was far away enough where I got the college experience. Right. And I think I only came home like once a month. I had a car on campus and that was really fun. I was only 40 minutes outside the city. So I spent a lot of weekends in the city. And then as soon as I graduated, I moved to the city. I moved to Brooklyn and I never looked back. I'm a Queens girl now and have been for a long time. I think over almost nine years. Oh, wow. But yeah, I love New York. I'm an improviser here when shows are live, <laughs> which I think we're slowly getting back to. I think they're opening the theaters April 2nd or 4th or something. Oh, thank so. God. Uh, I think it'll be like at half capacity, but or or people who are performing will have to be tested. Who knows? But we are going to be going back into live theater. So I'm excited for that so I can get back to doing improv. And I host my own podcast called Wild Nights with Rocky Powell, where I have entertainers from all over the U.S., Canada come on and tell a story from a wild night in their life. And it's been really, really fun. It's a super fun show. What I like about the show, Thank too, you. is that on top of all the crazy stories, you do have an eclectic group of guests. You've had drag queens, you've had mm -hmm. comedians, you've had improvisers as well. So it's really 
across the board with really interesting people too. Yeah, I try to bring on people that are I know are entertaining. And the only requirement I tell the guests beforehand is the story can be as wild or as quote unquote tame as you like, mm-hmm. as long as it's wild to you, whatever your <laughs> definition of wild is, and you enjoy retelling it. I don't want anyone to come on and tell a story that they are dreading telling or yeah. don't enjoy telling. So yeah, some of the stories have been a little tamer, but still kind of crazy. And some of them have been balls to the wall. <laughs> and you also, every now and again, on, or every Wednesday, correct? You hop on IG and you also do a live version too, right? Yeah. So I do a uh, wild Wednesdays. That one's a little more free form. I have other, usually other podcast hosts, you've done an episode and I, I usually have other podcast hosts come on and tell a little story or, you know, share something. And I think that's a good opportunity to have other podcasters promote themselves. And, you know, if people are watching live, you know, we're indie podcasters. We're sort of, I started in December, you started a, like a, a month and a half yeah. ago, right? Yeah you know, you have to take the time to build the following and get some loyal fans under your belt. But when you have other podcasters, when I have other podcasters on Wild Wednesdays and people are watching live, and I always post them afterwards so people can go back and watch them. But when you're watching live, you can say, oh, follow Kevin's podcast. And then you have a couple people that'll, you know, if you got a new fan every day, by the end of the year, you have almost 400 new fans. So exactly adds up. That's actually a really good point. As you said, you know, we're, we're fresh in this podcasting game. So yeah, it's been really cool to see the background stuff of how the following begins and how, you know, the outreach begins too. Yeah. Um, seeing all those analytics. It's very interesting to me. Yeah. Agreed. Very cool. And folks, please check it out. So that's Wild Nights with Rocky on Instagram, but she's also on Twitter with Wild Nights Pod. And also, yeah, mm-hmm. check out Rocky on Twitter too. She's Rocky Balboa, but not a Y. It's an I, right? Rocky. Yes. On Twitter, I'm Rocky uh, with two eyes Balboa. And on Instagram, it's Rocky with two eyes X Balboa. Because when Instagram first came out, I forgot my password to Rocky Balboa <laughs> and was never able to figure it out. So now it's Rocky X Balboa. <laughs> So Rocky, we had to talk about this because, um, as you said, we did that Instagram live and we mentioned karaoke and then we went on to this karaoke tangent. And I come to notice that you are also heavy in the karaoke game. Can you talk about your love for karaoke a bit? Oh, I, I mean, I like karaoke. I'm always down to go to karaoke. That's usually like a birthday party thing I'm invited to. And it used to be a lot more when, you know, Koreatown was open and yeah. you could do those late night karaoke. But now the idea of karaoke... Like, oh, God, we got to all touch the same mic. I think I'm good. I'll listen to music at home. (laughs) I'll sing poorly in the shower. Right. Oh, man, yeah. A lot of the COVID stuff has changed so much of what I love. Like, I can't look at bowling the same anymore. I really can't. Can anyone? Can anyone look at bowling the same? (laughs) And then I also want to mention, you know, we interviewed your brother. So that's how the Connecticut relation happens. So this is another pal. The pals are Uh very funny people. That's what I've come to learn in my lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) Our dad is the funniest. He's the the root of why we probably do comedy. He's a really funny person (laughs) and a great storyteller. I can imagine. It's it's funny because I remember the first time I met you, Howard was doing a show and he invited all of his classmates. So I went and then I believe believe, uh, you were there with his girlfriend and a bunch of their friends. And then like Howard introduced me like, oh, this is my sister. She's a fellow improviser that. But for me, at the time, I was like, every improviser I met is like super big, like super like prominent. I was like, oh, she must be like God level. She's she's definitely up there. And you, you were because you did a lot of pit shows. You definitely yeah. did a lot of team shows, too. So I thought that was really cool to see. Thank you. 
Cool. Do you want to add any little notes to that? Uh, I think that's it. Um, at Wild Nights with Rocky on Instagram, at Wild Nights with Rocky on Twitter, at Wild Nights Pod on, I mean, sorry, at Wild Nights Pod on Twitter, <laughs> at Wild Nights with Rocky on TikTok. And <laughs> yeah, follow, like, subscribe, do all that stuff if you're interested. I think I try to have like a variety of guests, like you were saying. So I appreciate you noticing that because yeah. you know what's funny? This is something I thought that was interesting. When I, ha- when I interview some of my guests, they'll be like, oh, I listened to this episode and this episode and this episode. And it's funny that they choose episodes. It feels like they choose episodes of people that they kind of like would be in the same genre as. So it's made me feel really good that I think I've had like a well-rounded eclectic group of people because everybody, you know, I think it makes makes people more likely to do your show and listen to your show if they can kind of always get someone different. And I feel like you've kind of had an eclectic group of guests too. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm on the same wavelength as you. You know, I, I like hearing different perspectives on stories mm-hmm. and, you know, everyone's lived a different life. Therefore, everyone has a different wild story for your show. Yeah. And everyone has a different uncommon gem for mine. But yeah, I definitely agree. I think that's the best way to go about it, especially after like 2020, I realized like I wasn't truly listening into as many people as possible so mm-hmm. to be able to like offer that to people as well as really to me what is the most important thing absolutely agree so folks as we always do in every episode we bring attention to a cause or a charity that we feel needs some eyesight needs some help so rocky was gracious enough to bring one to our attention rocky you mind telling us what you donated to today fair fight action my reason being because i think a lot of obvious charities i think before may of last year we had a lot of obvious charities that were out there that people could have donated to but this sort of revolution that we've been a part of in 2020 especially late spring early summer 2020 has opened my eyes to a lot of different charities and how important voting is I didn't vote in the primary and I was at my friend's, um, I was at my friend's house in Brooklyn. It was like four or five of us having dinner. And one of my friends who's a really active, really passionate, really amazing socialist. And, you know, he goes to all the meetings in New York and everything. He voted and he voted for Bernie. And I remember me and my friends all thinking we're liberal, all thinking we're Democrat, all thinking we're quote unquote woke. And we're like, oh, yeah, I didn't bother voting. And then he's like, well, I voted and I voted for Bernie. And it's really important that we vote. And that's a big regret of mine. Not so much a regret, but it's an important lesson that I took with me that Bernie Sanders would have been the best president. Yeah, yeah, true. (laughs) He would have been. And it sucks that we didn't get to experience that. And it's part of my own ignorance and a bunch of people my age and younger and a little bit older's ignorance, not getting him in that original primary. So now I try to do more because I think democratic socialism and socialism is the direction that our country would most benefit from. So just seeing all the work that Stacey Abrams has done with Fair Fight and how many people have been suppressed and redlining and voter ID laws, yeah. all this crazy stuff. And then you have, can you, can you swear on this podcast? Yeah, yeah, 100%. yeah. Okay. And then you have these like insane motherfuckers buying guns and shooting up people in the same day. That's allowed. I personally didn't realize how important voting in minor elections were. Mm-hmm. And now voting is something that I will never miss. And I will make sure if I have children or nieces and nephews that they understand how valuable their voice is. especially uh, the oppressed in this country. I look very white and have been white passing my whole life, but I'm sure, you know, like we're, we're biracial and our dad is black and our mom is white. And so you see both sides of that 
coin growing up. Oh, here's a little family photo my brother has. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> There's our that? family. Brooklyn Bridge or what, what bridge is oh, that? Oh, that's Astoria, Astoria gotcha. Park. Very nice. Um, yeah, so we we have seen both sides of that coin and the hard truth of the matter is minorities in this country may not be the minority in this yeah. country as the narrative has pushed and so let's give everybody a voice and let's make this the melting pot that it can be in a positive way and it starts with voting 100% yeah I agree with you that whole statement of you know being ignorant to not voting to then mm-hmm. realizing the power of it but it's also as you said you know you want to support the minority and the people that are actually fighting for their lives day by day Mm-hmm. And I think the best way to go about it, you know, we all have our opinions on politics, but the more you put people that look like you in those positions, the more you're going to succeed in your own yeah. life and the more your neighborhoods are going to benefit off of that, too. Yeah, I think that's what Fair Fight definitely pushes for. We should mention it's not just Georgia. They also have other branches across the nation that also focus on, you know, providing education to people and helping them figure out how to vote properly. It's a lot of stuff. You know, There, like she said, there's long lines. And sometimes they're like, hey, guess what? You can't vote even though you've been waiting in this line for hours, which is totally illegal, totally wrong. Totally wrong. But it's so much stuff going on. You know, this whole past year, we we heard about the miscounts of voting and how some ballots got lost due to the mail. So it's stuff like that that this fair fight action is really trying to push to fight against. And they're currently in the courts right now battling certain bills, trying to make sure that certain things get passed to help people out, which I think is very, very important. Yeah. As you mentioned, is founded by Stacey Abrams. So if you're paying attention to anything that happened last year, she was <laughs> one of the more prominent figures that helped win Georgia to turn it blue against the rather red regions. Which, yeah, it was, um, it was beautiful. And it wasn't just her, it was several other women as well. But she definitely was at the forefront, very much on the social forefront. And she founded this corporation in, or sorry, founded this uh, charity in 2018. So it's been, it's been something at the height of her attention. And I'm glad she kind of cut it at that time because it definitely led us to where we are now absolutely we should mention that they also offer volunteer service so you can help out but they also hire people so if you are or happen to be in the areas that they're hiring i think that's a pretty good opportunity especially for a, a person of color to yeah to work in that kind of environment and see the ongoing see the background of actual process of voting and all that stuff too i think that could and help. have your foot on the 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 gas have your foot on the gas of change yeah just spreading the information helps out so many people. So if you know more about it, then that can help out so many families and whatnot too. I always say I'm not super duper rich by any means, but you know, if I can give $5 and if I can get a couple other people to give $5, then $5 from five people goes a long way. So I always say like, if you're even teetering on the edge of donating, give what you can. You actually, and that goes for any cause. Yeah, that reminds me, you did something really great over the whole summer and spring last year, where on Instagram every week you would say, "Hey, give me whatever money you want, and we're gonna donate it to this cause this week." And like literally, you yeah. would just take Venmo money from people and then donate it, which I thought was really great. And I think a lot fundraiser of fundraiser Friday. Yeah, I think people should take take to that. Like, you don't have to be a celebrity. You don't have to, you know, promote a certain image. But to literally do that, someone's going to look at your story and be like, oh, I can give away $2 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, little does go a lot of ways. Yeah, we were able to raise a lot of money for a lot of causes, a lot of GoFundMes. And I it was inspired by my brother's girlfriend, Kaylee. She started doing these bingo cards and she would tell people to fill out the bingo card, donate a dollar, donate this. And of course, at the start of the summer, you get a little bit more money. But I did it throughout the entire summer and... Honestly, it felt really good and 
I think it raised a lot of awareness and it wasn't something that I was trying to promote or make anybody feel guilty about donating like my friends or anything like that. It was just kind it was truly like give what you can. Word. Perfect. So folks, you just got to go to fairfight.com to check out Fair Fight Action and their services. But also, as Rocky mentioned, you know, voting in the smaller elections is so important. So please, you know, have these talks with your family and friends. Really stress that it's not just the big presidential election that they need to focus on. It's the smaller ones so they can win the small fights and they can start seeing their communities potentially get chances to grow and be better. Yeah. So now we get to the theme of the show. We always ask our guests to bring what they feel is underrated, what they feel is overlooked, what they are passionate about to talk on the show. And Rocky, we're going to ask you now, what is your uncommon gem? I brought the movie It's Complicated, starring Meryl Streep, Alec Baldwin, and Steve Martin. Perfect. Yes. Yes. Love this movie. 2009 movie directed by Nancy Myers, also written Mm -hmm. by her. For those that don't remember Nancy Myers, you might have seen her movies such as Something's Gotta Give, The Holiday with Jude Law, mm-hmm. Cameron Diaz. And she Another also wrote The Parent Trap, which I didn't know until I researched some of this movie. Oh, I didn't know that either. I think, did she also do The Family Stone? Is that her as well? Oh, I'm not sure. Let's check it out really quick. I'm not sure. I feel like she did The Family Stone, which is another great movie. Yeah, very, yeah. So a lot of these movies, they'll have big characters, big broad characters, just constantly getting in each other's messes, which I, I love that as a theme. For a second there, isn't um Stacy Meyer the Twilight writer? Or no. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, was I like, think it, uh, Stephanie, Meyer. Stephanie Meyer. I was like, the person that wrote Twilight made this movie for one second. <laughs> yeah, no, Stephanie Meyer um, also read all the Twilight books. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, saw wow. the movies. <laughs> She did not. She did not. But she directed The Intern. Interesting. Okay. Um, okay. So I think it the overarching... I remember I took my brother and my cousin Katie to see this movie in 2009. So that would have been 12 years ago. My brother would have been 12. My cousin Katie was 17. And that was like a thing I would do with them. I would go like take my cousins and my brother to the movies because I'm a lot older than them. Mm-hmm. Well, not super old. Like five years older than Katie, eight, almost nine years older than my brother, etc. It doesn't matter. But I like doing that. And I took them to see this movie. And I think for me, I have, I know I probably won't because of my life choices. I've gone in a more, you know, entertainment field direction. But I think there is a secret part of me that wants to be this suburban housewife with this beautiful kitchen and fun loving children that want to watch reality TV with me and that their life is on the right track. And so I think there's like, I have this secret fantasy that I wish I was Meryl Streep in this movie, (laughs) like financially independent, just not a care in the world other than her biggest problem is she was divorced 10 years ago. So that's why I think I like the movie secretly. (laughs) And upon rewatch with the idea that I was coming to do this podcast, I actually noticed something that I hadn't noticed in the 12 years that I've been watching this movie. Meryl Streep has a huge crush on Steve Martin. Yeah. I, every other time I've watched this movie, which has been dozens of times, every other time I've watched this movie, I just kind of thought it was like a cutesy thing. But then when I was rewatching it, I was like, wait a second. Alec Baldwin comes and like fucks this up for her. Yeah. It's it, he is really a tool bag. It's very, what's his character? Uh, Don, no. Hey. In 30 Rock. What's his character's name in 30 Rock? Oh, Jack. Jack. No, Jake's his name in this movie. Yeah, Jake. And then on, well, let's see. Let's think of this. We Let's, <laughs> wait. Do we have to Google it? Should we use our brains? Let us, yeah, let's, I'm going to double check. Oh my God. I haven't seen 30 Rock in a minute. 
Jack Donahue. It is Jack Donahue. Jack, Jack, Jack Donahue. Okay. okay, so we were right. But it is very much that vibe. He's very much Jack Donahue vibes this entire movie. Very... Mm-hmm. He, I gotta be honest, he's a douche this whole movie. Like, he really is just trying to ruin Meryl Streep. Yeah, and I think as a younger woman watching this movie, I was kind of like, oh, that's her, you know, baby daddy. He's yeah. gonna always love her. But it's actually like, no, it was the second that his marriage, like, crumbled a little. He came running home to safety rather than dealing with his problems face on. Ugh. But I re- New perspective. <laughs> I like that you mentioned that it is like that you're living in a California ranch. Literally, all you do is just hang out. Like, Meryl Streep is living the life in this movie. And mm-hmm. it's just honestly fun to see Meryl Streep being a normal person, if you ask me. Like, yeah, just living life and just going on runs. She works at a bakery, so there's a lot of fun stuff with baking food and making food. A large part of me wonders if that's because Julia, Julie and Julia came out the same year. So I wonder if they're like, oh, Meryl Streep knows how to cook now. So let's incorporate this into the character. Yeah, maybe. Because she was a really good cook in the movie. That movie, Julie and Julie. I mean, we could get into that. (laughs) That movie, anticlimactic, if you ask me. Oh, man. Um, (laughs) I think also the appeal of the movie, especially like I, I really love my friends. I'm very close with my friends. So it opens up on this anniversary party. Mm hmm. And you see Alec Baldwin, you see Meryl Streep, and they're two, what we think are their two best friends. And they're doing this toast and they're finishing each other's sentences. And they're at this beautiful anniversary party. And then Lake Bell, hot ass Lake Bell with her little bathing suit top and her, you know, flowy skirt. She comes, the camera pans to her, shatters the illusion that they're together. And you immediately know, find out they've been divorced 10 years. You meet her children. You meet two of her children and her daughter's fiance. And it's very obvious that she has a great relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And they're they're like 20s. One of the kids is graduating from college. Mm-hmm. The other kid's about to like head into college. And there's also and the a other kid daughter's that, 27. Yeah, she's recently about to get married. You could tell, yeah, she definitely loves her family. And you could tell that her relationship with uh, Alec Baldwin's character is not strained, but they definitely have had their their tensions. Um, Well, he cheated on her with, so later on in the movie, she finds out that they're going to have, that they're going to the fertility clinic, Lake Bell, her character's name is Agnes, which is like such a choice name. (laughs) Also, Uh, I was watching with subtitles, Agnes with two S's. So strange. That's strange. strange. That makes me feel like the person who was subtitling it is just fucking with us. (laughs) Agnes. She goes to the plastic surgeon. Oh, after she meets... Adam, who is Steve Martin's character. Correct, yeah. yeah. And the assistant comes in and says, oh, you have a dentist appointment, but but there was even that little bit of flirtation there in that office. Make a few notes and, oh, actually, I do have one tiny note now in my bathroom. No his and her sinks. Oh, okay, sure. No his. Just hers. And you don't think in the future you might want a his? Oh, God, we're talking code about my life now. No, no, I didn't mean to be. The truth is, in my current bathroom, I have two sinks, and sometimes the other sink makes me feel bad. And then the plastic surgeon that she visits for her droopy eyelids is in the same building as the fertility doctor that Jake and Agnes are visiting. And so they have this awkward moment. Then she has her girlfriends over, and that's where they lay out what happened Jake cheated on you with her, a known lunatic is what they say. (laughs) 
She leaves Jake, Agnes leaves Jake, gets pregnant, has a baby by someone else, comes back to Jake, and yeah, her friends kind of just shit on him. Yeah, it's a really fun group of friends. Like, I really, uh, it's Tom Hanks' wife. I forget her name. Rita Wilson. Yeah, she, I love her. Whenever she's on screen, I'm like, I'm just in. Amazing. But they really, like, they, you could tell they just like to wine and dine and just shit on whoever's in their life, which is very fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's very relatable yeah. when you're with your close, close girlfriends. You're like, oh, this is exactly how we would talk. So, yes, they begin that process. They then go to New York to go to the college mm-hmm. graduation party. Yes. And this is where it gets interesting. So we find out that Jane, Meryl Streep's character, is at the same hotel that Jake, Alec Baldwin's character, is at. Her kids go off, which is really rude. They're like... <laughs> Oh, we want to go to the city. Can we take your credit card? Like they just like straight up rob this woman in pounds. <laughs> okay, so can I can I piggyback on that? So Jane asked if Jake has checked in the other Adlers. The kids tell Jane they're leaving her to go to a party. They get the credit card. <laughs> and then I go, Jane is on the elevator again with a couple who's making out. Bad luck on elevators. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I I don't know. Here's where I disagree a little if it was bad or not that the kids ditched her. It was kind of like it's your last night before you leave, before your graduation. And part of me thought that she kind of the guilt trippy mom thing was kind of like, come on, let them go have their last night. But yeah, they did. They did rob her for that credit card. (laughs) They ran her for that credit card for sure. Yeah, it was. was, That's the moment I was like, huh. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think the movie does a thing really well of just really showing that Meryl Streep in the beginning is like not so much lonely, but she is longing. She is longing for something. Oh, yeah. They do that really yeah. well in the movie. We then go to the bar where Meryl Streep goes to have dinner by herself. And lo mm-hmm. and behold, with a whiskey in his hand, there's Jake. And so they begin talking. The night begins with a dance. And then the plot twist. This is the, the plot twist. This is the peak. This is where things start going down. They, um, I wrote, Jake inserts himself and convinces her to have dinner at the bar. She brings up his fertility and shames him about becoming an old dad. So how are things in the fertility world? I can't believe it took you this long to bring that up. Sperm issues? Apparently, yes. A baby. Really, Jake? So the next time you go to a graduation, you'll be what? 58 plus. I believe the number you're looking for is 79. Quick speed up and they're drunker and he asks about an old boyfriend of hers. Montage of drunkness. They reminisce. Jake asks her to dance to Tom Petty, Don't Do Me Like That. And it's a banger. Yep. Slow-mo. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, they 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 have sex. That's what it yeah. ends. They, they begin coitus. Um, yes, yes. I wrote that word too. I put post-coital, but yeah, that's so funny. He grabs her vagina at, in that scene because they don't show us the sex. They just show the after. Mm. And he grabs her vagina and says, home, sweet home. <laughs> just, like he's a rug. Uh, this character. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so she immediately throws up because they had a drunken night. And mm-hmm. she she begins, that's when the questioning starts beginning immediately. So you can kind of tell that she feels like she made a mistake right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So... The days go on, the kids all then go to dinner the next day, and everyone's Mm -hmm. there. And then one of the kids mentions, like, this is the first time we've all been together like this in a very long time. This feels nice. And Jake kind of excludes that point. He's like, yes, this does feel nice. Kind of hinting to Meryl Streep, like, yes, we we should get back together. This is it, yeah. I wrote Gabby, the middle daughter, slut shames Agnes in a family toast in which she complains about being a child of divorce. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh yeah, there's also that weird scene where like he rubs his foot like just to get her to react. Yeah, uh, he plays footsie. Yeah, uh, and she's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meryl Streep does that like really like orgasmic kind of style of like yeah. It's like very she cool. does, she does. Okay, so we then go back to California where she meets yeah. Adam again to continue the architecture. I don't think we mentioned that Adam is an architect and he he's trying to fix her house a bit. Yes, he's doing a big remodel for her, giving her kind of an extension. Correct. So they begin to talk and hit it off. Uh, we find out that Adam is divorced in a very funny way, that he's driving the car. Just follow a few basic rules to make your divorce a less hurtful one by breaking the cycle of conflict. Accept your ex for who she is. A very big hoe. And yeah, divorce affirmations in the car. <laughs> then she hops in and he thought he turned the tape off, but... It's still playing. Jake arrives at the house. Super unexpected. No one could see this coming. Mm -mm. Um, and Adam goes away, but then Jake stays. And they begin to flirt again, and then another night of sex happens. That's when I started to get turned like really start to get turned off by jake as a person that's mm -hmm. when my eyes started to open i think i started to notice that she liked him when she gives him the advice in the car up on the way to go to the house with um adam where she's like you know you in a couple years you'll start to really feel normal but i said that he bulldozed and looked at the blueprints and basically jake was metaphorically pissing all over the property yeah. like this is you know my old house and my ex-wife and good blueprints be on your way and then yeah then they bang again and they talk about the pros and cons of their impeding affair right jake is very into it he's very much he does like, a monologue yeah he says it's very french think about this they wonder what if you know i think this is very french of us <laughs> how is it french of us i have a young wife but I am having sex with my old wife. My old, you know, ex. I didn't mean old. Yes, he calls her old. He says, this is very French of us. And she's at first really cute, like smitten by it. She's like, how is this French of us? And he's like, well, I have a new wife and a new young wife but i'm having an affair with my old wife and then yeah that's kind of rude because he's a rude fuck yes yes <laughs> it's funny like watching older movies and realizing just how fuck like even 2009 you think we start getting some things right but even 2009 mm -hmm. still fucking it up <laughs> yeah he's such a nar he's like kind of a narcissist mm -hmm. I think they do that part well of showing that he truly doesn't care so much about mm -mm. what's going on, doesn't care about the after effects. He just wants to do this. He's just obsessed with himself. He's like, oh, yeah, I, he probably did make a mistake. He probably didn't really want to divorce Meryl Streep. He just wanted to have his cake and eat it, too. And then time showed him that this is where I really want to be. And then after that, that's when they have she has her girlfriends over again. Yes. This is one of my favorite scenes. Yes. Uh, yes. So th she then confesses that she did, in fact, have an affair with Jake. And they're actually kind of cool with it, which is very funny. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, one person's like, hey, wait a minute, what? And then everyone's just like, no, this is great. This is exactly what we want to hear. actually have to sleep with him. I know. I have an ex with benefits. <laughs> but girls, what about the fact that I'm now the other woman? I'm the one we hate. Oh, forget about that. Agnes is still yeah. the one we hate, even in this scenario. Yeah, karma is the ultimate bitch in this one. Yeah. 
Doesn't that just go to show you the humanity of people, especially your people? They'll be like, oh my God, he cheated on her. They're having an affair. They're such garbage. But then when you're like, actually, it was me that did it. It's like, oh, well, you could do no wrong. You're our best friend, of course. Fuck her husband. (laughs) We'll leave. You want to fuck him right now? We'll Uh, leave. And then they they tell her, they're like, oh, you could do better than Jake. And, you know. It's, it's good. These are my favorite characters. They're very grounded, but unfortunately, I think this is the last time they appear, which is super unfortunate. Um, it was. Adam, Can I ask you a question yeah. really quick, Kevin, about what you thought? Okay, speaking of these characters, if we just jump back a second, What's up? what do you think the oldest of the three friends, the one with the short hair, right. when when Meryl Streep says in the first scene to, to her, she goes, you're so lucky Jerry's dead. Do you think that Jer- when she says that to her friend, do you think she means Jerry is her friend's ex-husband? Because she says you don't have to run into him. Or do you think it's her husband? Ah, man. I- I'm going to say husband because this is the this is the character that's also like, wait a minute, you said you're having an affair? That's fucked up. And I think like she's very yeah. like one-way path, you know, very, I'm sticking to it. So I, I would say husband, which is very unfortunate. For- I, I also think it's husband, but that's just a line I think about every time <laughs> I watch the movie. I'm like, she, she's like, oh, you're so lucky Jerry said. I'm like, it, it, do you think Jerry's her ex-husband or her husband? And why would she say that? But yes. Yeah. Okay. So I believe we then get to Adam meeting her again. And this time it's a bit more intimate with them. They have dinner. Mm-hmm. They're going over the architecture and they kind of have a little deep connection. But then (laughs) Jake appears out of nowhere in the middle of the night. She won't answer his calls. So he basically comes and and stalks her while she's having this lovely Mm -hmm. date with Adam. And this is like I told you, I never noticed before how much she really likes Adam too. And I noticed it for the first time after years and years of watching this movie that she was like, so you dating anyone? She's the one pushing those questions along. She's the one that has dinner with him. She, she does all those things. So that to me was such a real, she's being cautiously careful, but she really likes Adam. I I thought that was really sweet. Mm -hmm. And we got to mention that Steve Martin is just, you know, the, he's just always been gray haired, smiling man, very charismatic. Gray hair, smiling man, we, yes. We, we do appreciate him. So. Awful. Mm-hmm. Not a great plane ride home. Oh, God. Just imagine sitting there for hours and hours with your wife who you know is, oh, that's rough. Well, actually, they went on to Venice. I flew home with Carol. That's his ex-wife. And you can't imagine what it's like sitting next to someone who's crying on a plane for 10 straight hours. I don't blame her. <laughs> I'm talking about me. Jake kind of hangs out, obviously keeps pushing for sex, but Jane is like, no, we need to slow down. This is getting crazy. But they do agree, and this is probably my favorite scene in the whole movie, but they do agree to meet the next day (laughs) at a massage place? What is this, a spa? Oh, so basically, so what happens is she she turns him down for sex. Mm. This is where he tells her... Oh, that that he goes, that nerdy architect likes you. So he can see. He's there's some man code where he can see right. that Adam actually likes her. And she turns down sex with him that night. And I think she does that because she's starting to develop feelings for Adam. So they end up sitting in a bath. She's in a bathtub. He's got his back to her and he gives her the joint. That's when he gives her the joint. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and he says, you, you take a couple puffs of this, get your sea legs back and we'll finish the rest of it together. And then it's just like, she's kind of on cloud nine because she has a crush. But I think that scene really showed that she, in that moment, was the one with the power. Right. Because she was yeah. the one that ended up making him go away and then relaxing a and, bit. 
And then to answer your question about where they met the next day, the next morning or like maybe a couple of days later, she is so conflicted because she is developing feelings for Adam. Yes. This could be something great. But her ex-husband is putting these ideas of like, we could have our happy family back. We could grow old together. So she bribes her shrink with some food from the bakery that he likes. <laughs> and he he doesn't tell her to have the affair. He tells her to let go, Jane. Yeah. It can't hurt, which I wrote bad advice because <laughs> i think it's good advice but don't say it can't hurt because agnes is also involved even if agnes was a bad guy yeah. in the beginning so saying it can't hurt someone is going to get hurt okay. so you can say let it go but there might be consequences so i i didn't think that was the best advice from the therapist or or the best tagline for the advice yeah and you could tell she was really fighting for a answer from him because she kept saying yeah like, can you give me a little bit more something else please yeah she was like just i'm just wanting you to tell me what to do <laughs> so she then calls jake immediately and they set up this act uh they set up this place to meet up, I believe it's a spa. I'm going to say it's a spa. Stanhope Hotel. Stanhope Hotel. Mm -hmm. But as it turns out, her eldest daughter and Harley, John Krasinski's character, are there yeah. on the dinner because they're about to plan their wedding. Mm -hmm. And so... <laughs> they're just... meeting the wedding planner there, yeah. And so they see, he sees... <laughs> he sees Jake arrive first uh -huh. and he's like, okay, that's interesting. And then he realizes he's grabbing a private hotel key room and he's like, oh God, like he's about to do something. Yeah, let me keep my mouth shut. And then Jane arrives, Meryl Streep's character, and that's when he realizes, oh no, they're hooking up. So it's this really funny moment, John Krasinski's character, like, knowing all of information without being able to tell his future wife anything about it. How long do you think, so her daughter's name, that daughter that uh, Harley, John Krasinski's character, Harley and Lauren, how long do you think they have been together? Out of curiosity. It seems I like, have no idea. It seems like they're college, maybe high school sweethearts, honestly. It seems like they've had an established relationship for a very long time. Because he's very ingrained into the family. He's practically... Very ingrained. I, when he propped up on screen, I was like, oh, wow, so there's two boys and three girls. Or, sorry, two girls, two boys. And then I realized, oh, no, this is, this is the husband. Yeah. I would also agree with you. I think he's either like a... He's, but they've been dating, I want to say, anywhere from seven to nine years. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Easily. So then begins this crazy-ass scene where they go to the room, they're in robes, they're about to have sex again. Very intimate. Yes. This is like a new level of sex for them. And Meryl Streep begins to undress herself, but Jake then has a heart attack and falls down. Yep. I, I, I actually, so I watched this movie in the airplane for the first time, so certain scenes are like coming back to me. I think this is when I was like, Okay, this is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they call a doctor. And again, Harley is realizing that they are in this room. So he knows they're there. He then sees yeah. the doctor rush in and he's like, oh my God, what the fuck is happening? The comedy in that scene for me is just crazy because he is putting so many pieces together mm -hmm. with very little information. Yes, exactly. And you can see him kind of like begin to lose his mind. She's like, are you yeah. getting nervous because of the wedding? Is everything yeah. okay? And he's like, I can't tell you anything that's going on. Yeah. Um, you know what's funny about the wedding planner in this movie? She is also the owner of the bridal shop in Bridesmaids. The one that they go oh. to where she's like, oh, it's Helen. <laughs> that's, this woman is a perpetual bride, like has a role for do you think, weddings. Do you think that's just a character that's just in continuity for many movies? Do you think that's just one character that could exist? <laughs> I think that woman's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's a coincidence, but it would be really cool if this like Hollywood universe is, just has this woman playing any kind of 
wedding or bridal store person. She's going to get her own Marvel movie. Check it out. The bride, <laughs> the wedding officiant. The bride helper. <laughs> Doctor checks out Jake. He's okay. He just, he took Flomax, which is uh, something to stop him from peeing so much. And it just yeah. accelerated his heart. A funny scene of the doctor leaving and telling Harley, who he doesn't know, just a random person, by the way, everything's okay, gives him a thumbs up and walks out. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's just like, so funny. So then we continue forward. The kids arrive at Jane's place for dinner. Jake again appears out of the blue, out of nowhere to, oh, actually, no, that's not right. They're there to have breakfast and Jake drops off the college student. Well, so what happened after the heart, or not oh. the heart attack, the Flomax thing, Adam calls Jane yeah. and asks her on a date to go see a French film festival. And he's really sweet about it. And she could tell she's excited, but he can tell that it's Adam asking her on a date. Um, Jake can tell. So he says, Agnes has a dinner thing. Don't go on the date with him. So she tells uh, Adam very nicely, some other time he gives away the tickets and then jake stands her up she makes him her his favorite meal she buys a new outfit that's right and he stands her up so that's why when the next day and he stands her up because agnes is ovulating and she cancels her dinner to try to make a baby that's right yes yes yeah they're trying to have that baby so he did so he stood her up and then that's when he drives the son over and everybody's having like a, a lunch dinner thing and just really great pettiness from Meryl Streep in the scene. The way she's cutting the chicken, the way she's not answering like Alec Baldwin's character's questions. Yep. Really mm-hmm. great stuff. But also great moments of uh, John Krasinski pouring so much wine because he still knows what's going on. And he's just like very yeah. subtly like, oh, that's interesting. And then he takes her out when she, she announces then that Adam is going to be her date to her son's yes. graduation party at her daughter's house and uh, her daughter and Harley's house. When... Jake takes her outside to be like, why aren't you answering my calls? And she kind of says, like, you're rocking my boat. Do you think that Harley is overstepping his bounds when he says everything okay out here? Or do you think it's okay that he does that? I think at this point, because I'm, I'm, there's like a moment where Meryl Streep like gives him like a look, like, how do you know that information? So I think yeah. he's okay with it with her. And Jake is obviously an idiot, so he's none the wiser to anything. So I think that's why yeah. Harley steps in just a little bit to be like, hey, we need to talk. Well, she tells him right after after he steps in yeah. is when Harley, when she says, like, what do you know? And exactly. then he's like, okay, I saw, I saw everything. But yeah, part of me was like, is this just to show how close Harley is? Or is Harley just like overstepping? I, I, I teetered with that line. True, yeah. But I guess it moves the plot forward. <laughs> he, he is the plot accelerator, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, we do have the scene where Jane talks to Harley and yeah. he confesses that he knows. Night for sure, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, what, time is it what did you see and what do you know? Nothing, really. Harley! Okay, he checked in, then you arrived, then you met at the elevator, possible kiss there, and then the doctor went up and the doctor came down, then there was a thumbs up, but that's it. I have no idea what happened in between. Have you told Lauren? No, and I won't. I think after that is the graduate, uh, Steve Martin, she invites Steve Martin over yes. beforehand. So this is now the probably the be- the better parts of the movie where Meryl Streep smokes weed. So, yeah. oh, she's, it's so get- good. she's getting ready for the date. She's getting ready to go to the party. And she opens the drawer and sees the joint again. They don't show her smoking it, but they show Adam arriving. And she's very clearly on another plane, uh, on another Yeah, level. she's eating chocolate cake. <laughs> so, hi, Meryl Streep. I want to hang out with hi, Meryl Streep. It looks very Same. fun. Mm-hmm. So she smokes weed. They then get in the car. She tells Adam that she is high. <laughs> I get it. So let me ask you a question. Please don't think that I'm weird or out of line or anything, but... 
do you by any chance poke smot? Do I, do I what? I mean, do you smoke pot? <laughs> I haven't asked anyone that question since I was 22. <laughs> no, I don't. But I have. Uh... And wonders if he wants to smoke weed as well. So they then arrive at the party, they both smoke, and begins this very fun moment of just Steve Martin and Meryl Streep walking around stoned in this party. It's the cutest scene, and also in the car when they're talking about it, she admits that she hasn't smoked weed since before her daughter was born, mm. which was 27 years ago, and then he says the same for him, so they both figure out that they have kids the same age, yeah. and it's just such a cute moment, and then they get high together for the first time outside the party. A super funny moment, and like you said, very sweet, very... It, I think that's the other thing this movie does well is really build that relationship between these two characters because Steve Martin is just a regular person where yeah. Jake is like a villain. I, I think Jake is just He's a, a villain. villain. He's a villain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and further much so, this proves the point. So Jake very clearly sees that she's enjoying herself. She's having a good time and he is not having it. So he mm -mm. rushes like a bull, tries to intervene. They're, they're good having time. They talk. And then Jake... they all get high in the bathroom too. Oh, she, yes. He, yeah. <laughs> he, he steals her away. She has this awkward moment with Agnes where she's like stoned talking about how we both married the same guy and it's kismic and something drew us. And then Agnes is just like, okay, well, I'm not going to have this conversation with you. So she walks away and then Jake says, can I steal you? He always wants to steal me for a quick second. They go in the guest room, Harley walks in and all three of them get high together. <laughs> You love me. I mean, I heard hate had top billing, but. Oh my God. Are you smoking weed in the guest bathroom? Yes, we are. And we'd appreciate it if you would not tell anybody about this. No, never. Just add it to the list. Care for a dope? No, I don't smoke marijuana. <sighs> me neither. Okay, one hit. Okay. All right. Oh my God. And that's when they dance but everybody then goes to their partner yeah. like um adam and agnes are dancing and then they spread out and then that's when it gets kind of sad so this is like a weird i think of when i've been to dances and when i've been uh -huh. in rooms of dancing and i gotta be honest so jane begins to dance with adam and jake is kind of like left off and he's like what the fuck but he just stares at them the entire time and yeah. it like lingers on alec baldwin for a very long time while he's staring at him and it pans out. Yeah. And that's just my thing. Like, I've never been in a scenario where someone can just stare at two people dancing and not be uncomfortable. Like, this is very awkward. Now, also, I agree with you, but also, how sad yeah. must you be that the whole room stops and you're just fixated on two people? And then Agnes is staring at Alec Baldwin. Yep. And she, she picks up the pieces there. She realizes mm -hmm. what's going on. Women know, and she knew that her husband is out of it. She probably had been sensing it for a minute and then seeing it firsthand was yeah. a killer for her. There's another great moment with Jane and Adam who sneak into the bakery. Still well, stunned. not necessarily sneak in. Oh, yeah, Bitch right. owns that bakery. She owns it. She owns that bakery. She walks into it. Keys and everything. Keys and everything. Another lovely moment. And they kiss. This is the first time they actually kiss on screen, which is yeah. great. He kisses all her cooking scars, mm -hmm. and but then he asks her, he says, I asked you if you were seeing someone. Now, it felt like it was a yes, but you said no. Are you seeing someone? And she says no. <gasps> that's big. <when>. Oh. <gasps> yeah. That's when we know, oh, that's going to blow up. So we cut to the next day. All the kids are hungover. Just, there's a really funny moment where John Krasinski walks out in uh, his, his fiance's clothing. 
just because yeah. he very clearly was high and drunk and was like, okay, I'm not wearing my right clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He needed some comfy clothes. They are too small for him. It's really cute. <laughs> then Jake appears. Again, mm -hmm. I gotta say, this is, like, crazy. Like, no one should be able just to do this, divorced or not. Kids yeah, or Yeah, I don't not. care if your kids are... Because even... It's funny because even Gabby, the daughter, she goes... She, oh, that's, I think it's later on in the scene, but she says, like, you're in our kitchen. Mm -hmm. So even the kids don't associate his presence with home. Right. Very clearly, he and Agnes are no longer an item. So he comes crawling right back to Jane, trying to still make this thing work. Mm -hmm. And Jane is very much off put by it. She's very much like, I can't believe you, like, you just came over here like this, like all the kids. And yeah. he definitely uses the kids as like a pivot because they start, yeah. they begin to ask like, wait a minute, are you guys like trying to get back together? Well, they, they see him crying and they're like, just let him get on his feet, mom. Like, let him get on his feet. And, and then he starts to cry. Oh, yes, yes. And then that's when they all start to cry because they're like, oh, my God, we've never seen him cry before. And then she's like, of course, she sees her three children crying. So she's like, my babies. Of course, he can stay here. But he's kind of throwing a wrench in her Adam game now. Yeah. Big time. Worse than before. Continue on. And her and Adam are on a Zoom date. Pre-Zoom, Zoom date. Pre-Zoom, Yeah. <laughs> 2009 folks they were ahead of the game they were so ahead of the game so they're just you know adam's just trying on random clothing in his closet and just seeing if it works or not throwing it away yeah and this is where jake in a robe so i believe jane goes to use the bathroom and jake in a robe appears and he's like all right it's sexy time so he gets butt naked right in front of the zoom chat and adam sees it everyone's yelling jane's screaming adam's screaming jack jake's screaming the kids come running up. What's going on? They realize her, their dad's getting dressed. Jane is looking flustered. So they kind of put the pieces together. Like, are you guys getting back together? And this is all happening while Adam is listening on Zoom. So he's literally seeing and hearing all this happen. That they were having an affair and mm -hmm. everything. And she drops the bomb. Are you getting back together? And she says no. Good on her. Like, honestly, sticking to her guns. And I respect it. But Adam had already hung up on that point. Mm, and it's heartbreaking. Yeah. This is where we then get probably the most humane moment of Jake's character. <laughs> they, <laughs> I really hate this guy. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm starting to, too. Yesterday, <laughs> yesterday, I was like, man, I never looked at him this way. And I really, this time, I was like, holy shit, this guy kind of really sucks. Oh, you know what? Really quick, I got to tell Alec, I met Alec Baldwin one time in my entire life. Okay. I worked at an Italian restaurant. We opened at 11. So I was there at like 10 a.m. like getting everything set up. And in it's like sunny outside and I see like a huge shadow walk by. And then he walks back okay. to like the menu, walks inside. And I just see his crystal clear blue eyes from a mile away. They were shining like wow. diamonds. And he's like, hey, are you guys open yet? And I'm like, oh, no. But in an hour, we will be knowing he's definitely not coming back. But that was the yeah. one time I met Alec Baldwin. So I didn't meet him, but I was working at Guy Fieri's restaurant in Times Square. And it was a multi-level restaurant. So if you were on the second floor, you could see all the entrance. And I was working in a section in the second floor. And it was raining really, really hard. And him and Hilaria Baldwin, <laughs> they came in um, and they waited out the rain in like the corridor area. So I was like just watching them wait out the rain. Cause sometimes like, you know, sometimes you get starstruck by people, but sometimes you're just like, oh my God, I can't believe this person is standing there. And yeah. I kind of was just like, I can't believe Alec Baldwin is just standing there. And then they got a cab and left, but that was the one time I saw him. <laughs> He'd be around. He does live in New York. He'd be around. He'd be around. <laughs> 
So this is, again, uh, Jake's most human moment. He admits he made some mistakes and he might have overstepped just a touch. <laughs> a little bit. So he and Jane, Jane kind of like agrees, but she also says that she also took some stake in it. They kind of blew it together. And not, mm-hmm. that's not so much as the divorce, but kind of like the whole process of what they did. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, uh, Jane then goes back to Adam's office and begs him, like, I hope this means like you'll still like build the house. Please don't take it the wrong way like that. And Adam's like, I don't know. You lied to me. This episode, yeah. I think we're going to go with someone else to help build it. But then we get this incredible moment where she walks outside to see the people building the house. And there he is in the flesh. Steve Martin as Adam. And yeah, it's touching. You know, they they get together at the end and it's a real touching moment. And the, it's the the high point of the movie. Everyone ends up happy besides the villain, Jake. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he'll have like a 25 year old girlfriend in the sequel. Uh. If there's a sequel. Also, I, I meant to do this in the beginning. I just want to shout out my friend Courtney Cook, who is an extra in that movie. Ooh. And she is in the graduation scene about four people ahead of Luke when graduating. And if you have the DVD copy of the movie, do you remember how DVDs used to do snippets of scenes with yeah. music under them? And Courtney is in the beginning of the, she's in the DVD part too. You can there see you go, her folks. face. So. so go get the DVD of It's Complicated. <laughs> Support our girl. Borrow my copy. Support our girl, Courtney, please. <laughs> Support Courtney Cook. Um, but yeah, I have to give her a shout out. Hell yeah. So yeah, that's the movie, folks. And Rocky, thanks again for letting us talk about it. What do you... It's a fun movie. It's a lot going uh-huh. on. And I think, like, as we mentioned, she wrote Parent Trap. And what I like about those kind of movies is, like I said, there's a mess going on. But it's just fun to see these people work through this mess and trying to figure out where it ends. I'm curious, what do you what do you think you see in the movie that other people might not? For me, I think we all have problems, right? Everybody has problems. My dad always says, if you threw all, if everybody threw their problems in a pile, you would pick yours back up in terms of complaining about your problems. But I think one of the things that's appealing to me about this movie is, and I guess this is movies in general, but this one specifically because of her home and established career and everything and beautiful like children who love her, everything, the dream basically is she has all these problems, but she gets to do it like with her huge garden yeah. and she gets to do it with her huge, <laughs> massive kitchen that somehow is always clean, no matter no matter how many meals are happening and there's leftovers. And she's got one of those giant water jugs that I would never own because of the plastic, but also like one of those things where you're like, oh, you know, this is like a rich person's house when they have one of those oh, yeah. flip over jugs that you can just get water when there's a sink right there. So <laughs> I think that's the appeal of it to me is just this woman who's dealing with a really sad situation who had her heart broken by a guy who was the, you know, main love of her life and who she thought she was gonna ride this out with and uh she still did it on her own and she still made it herself and she did it in style so i think i think that's what's appealing about it to me we should we should mention meryl streep got nominated for a golden globe for this movie as she she? does she she just be throwing up shots and they just go in at all times she never misses they're just like she's (laughs) she's in this movie yeah and also i think i agree with what you said in the beginning you just see meryl streep being kind of a real person Mm. and not playing a character and yes she is playing a character but she's playing you know jane yeah her character's name is jane so she's just playing a jane you know she doesn't have to make any sophie's choices or sing any mama mia songs (laughs) she's just she's just being jane and i um i like that i like that a lot hell yeah 
I will say that doing this, watching this movie with different eyes, I realize how little we pay attention to movies because of our cell phones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My phone was at like 3% when I, when I put the movie on and I told you um, I was a little stoned as I be. <laughs> and the way our couch is situated, it's not conducive uh, for charging phones and looking at you. So I have to like either put my phone on one side of the room or another side, but I can't lay on the couch and charge my phone at right. the same time, unless I have one of those really long chargers and I don't at the moment. So, so my phone was at 3% and I was just, eh, I'd rather have it be close and almost dead than far away and charged this late at night. But because it was almost dead, I didn't really look, I barely looked at it mm. at all, which normal people, like nowadays, you can't go seven minutes Seriously. without looking at your phone. You, everybody's picking it up, picking it up. And so I it forced me to really pay attention to the movie and- I noticed so much stuff. So I would just urge everybody, if you can like put your cell phone on the other side of the room, it had been a while since I watched a movie and gave it my full attention and it's a different experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, especially for movies, you know, you love and you appreciate because you start yeah. noticing all the background details and all that. Yes. I agree. I, de yes. I definitely have been like, if my phone's dead, then great. That means I can actually focus on something too. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, folks, that's, it's complicated. You know, it's a good hang. Honestly, I, I enjoy watching it. It's fun to see Meryl Streep have fun. She has very great yeah. outfits. High Meryl It's like different tiers of Meryl Streep you get in this movie. And Stone yeah. Meryl Streep is someone I just want to meet in real life, hopefully soon. <laughs> it's a slice of life movie. Exactly. As always, folks, please do check out Fair Fight Action. Please get involved with voting. Uh, I know a lot of us don't live in Georgia, but you can still help out signing petitions, signing certain mm -hmm. things to help these people get those bills passed so voting can be easier over there because as we found out it's a close fight every time it's a close fight and yeah. you know we, we need some movement somewhere so we need to try try to get traction folks you can check out rocky with wild nights with rocky on her podcasts always go to her instagram rocky with two eyes x balboa that's me and please check her out she's always got some fun stuff going on thank you kevin rocky do you have anything to say to the people before you go to the people, remember the powers in the people. And to Kevin, thank you so much for having me on. This was super fun. I never, and I'll be honest with you, I've loved this movie for a long time. <laughs> and I have one, one of my friends, he also really likes it. So sometimes when we're having like a hangover day, we'll watch it together because he lives in the neighborhood. I appreciate you letting <laughs> me talk about this movie at such great length because when in the hell do you get the opportunity to talk about it? It's complicated at great length. And if anybody wants to further talk about this movie with me, I'd be happy to do so. <laughs> yes, very much so. I have conversations with Rocky. A lot of my friends are also comedians. Definitely check out our podcast and see if you can tell a wild story too. Head her up. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Awesome. Well, folks, you can always catch us on Spotify and anywhere else you listen to our pod. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter. The only thing I do is search Uncommon Gem Podcast. We'll be back again next week on Friday with another episode. But as always, take care. Peace out, y'all. Mm -hmm.